how to get consistent cash flow with over $1 million in tin cans. You are listening to the Champion Hustle Podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello and welcome to the Champion Hustle Podcast. My name is Levi Hunsaker and today we're going to excuse Ryan Black because he's off with his family and instead we are joined by our good friend Mike Kessler and he is actually going to open up his strategy of how he has turned really big tin cans into a cash flowing asset. Now Mike Kessler is a husband and a father of five kids and most important things to him is that he puts God first, family second, and his business third. Now Mike's been investing for over 10 years but he's actually seen massive, massive growth in the last five years, about five years. And he attributes that to focus in one direction and networking, meeting the right people. So before investing in real estate, uh, Mike was or doing real estate coaching as, as an employee, and he actually paid for education and training in the strategy that we're gonna talk about today, and he just started doing it part-time. And that eventually led to him grossing over a million dollars in receivables in this business in just five to six years, in the last five to six years. So, um, Mike, welcome. Come on out and say hello to everybody. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate the uh, the opportunity to share and, and to give back. Um, I, I've uh, uh, been able to be on the receiver side of people willing to give and to share. So. It's something important to me that I have the opportunity to be able to give and share to other people as well because it's it's changed my life and it's blessed my life as well. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, we appreciate it. And and this strategy is pretty incredible because it's talking about where you're going to find cash flow and in a real estate business where a lot of people might least expect it. So when we say tin cans, what are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, a tin can in real estate is basically a manufactured or a mobile home, uh, literally a house on wheels. And what we specialized in is just the homes that live that are actually in communities, not on um, on a single family lot, like like on a you know a lot somewhere. And uh, we literally are just buying the home themselves and not the ground. And it's been able to uh, create a huge amount of cash flow for us and create a huge amount of stability uh, in our lives. And, and we were able to, uh, you know, basically, I started it while I was working a W 2 job. And it gave me the freedom to be able to quit my W 2 job because we were able to replace our income. And then we actually grew it to about two and a half times what my income was at the time within just a few short years. It was, pretty incredible strategy. So you said two and a half times. So you didn't just replace your income, but you more than replaced your income before you decided to, you know, cut your ties and do this full time on your own. Yeah. Well, so, so it was basically, it was back in, it was about 2011, 2012 is when I started the strategy. Um, I actually paid for a mentor, paid for a coach to show me this business. And it was actually pretty expensive because this business is not, um, 
something that anyone, you know, it, not everyone does it. Everyone's heard about flipping a house. Everyone's heard about rentals. You know, those are your common real estate strategies. And so I had to seek out or find a unique opportunity um, with a mentor that knew this business. And, uh, and so I paid him to coach me in it. And it actually worked out really well. I, I did my first deal. Once I learned the strategy, I did my first deal within six weeks and tested it. I tried it out and it literally, it was $1,400. It was my very, very first transaction to test out to see if this strategy even works. And um, within, you know, once I had the property under contract, within about two weeks, I had it sold and I was already cash flowing on my first deal. Uh, it was $1,400 in, but the funny thing is, is when I sold the deal, I collected a $500 down payment from my buyer and I was already cash flowing. It was uh, about $240 a month. And so, to create $240 a month with only $700, right? Cause I spent 1400, collected $500 down. So I had, I, I had a, uh, no, I'm not doing my math right. Uh, what is my math? That would be 900 bucks. <laughs> yeah, $900 in the numbers. Are, I don't know. This is a long time ago. So numbers a little bit uh, fuzzy, but we're pretty close anyways. But I know that I was receiving about $240 in cash flow off of that deal. And I was like, man, this is pretty good for, uh, um, you know, pretty decent cash flow. In my, in my market here in Utah, um, it's challenging to find cash flow. You have to buy a two, three, four hundred thousand dollar house to receive about three to four hundred dollars in cash flow if you're lucky. You know, usually, it's around you know two hundred to three hundred dollars in cash flow if you're buying a house that size. So instead of investing three hundred thousand dollars, I invested nine hundred dollars. And I got the same amount of cash flow from that single mobile home property. Just crazy. So that that's incredible. Our, like ROI is awesome on this strategy. Now I can't believe that you got into your first deal for fourteen hundred bucks. That is insane. So <laughs> yep. So it, it actually it has kind of a funny story. Um, if you'd like to hear it, it's uh, yeah. Br bring it on. We'd so love to what I did it. is is I ended up I ended up. Uh, 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 once I learned the strategy, I ended up um, finding a home just on our local classifieds, and I um, tried to um, excuse me. I got distracted there. My wife just walked in. Um, <laughs> so I I found a home on our local classifieds here, and the guy was advertising or uh, he was to sell his mobile home because he was trying to buy another house and he had already purchased it so he couldn't afford two payments he was already paying a lot rent on the manufactured home but then also he was buying a you know a standard home and he had a mortgage so he'd already purchased it now he was making two payments so we found what we call in this industry a motivated seller right now this seller he wanted too much for this house so he couldn't sell it but what i found out as i dove in once i had the homeowner contract and I dove in, he said, these are the magic words. He says, all I want to do with this money that I get is I want to buy a car for my mom because she doesn't have any wheels right now and she's struggling. She needs some help. And I said, man, that's an opportunity because I, I had the homeowner contract for $4,500 originally. And I, and I asked him, I said, well, how about this? 
What if I find a really nice car for your mom that she just loves, and we just trade the title for the car to the title of your home? And he said, well, you know, that's really the outcome I was looking for. Um, yeah, I'm okay with that. So I actually spent one day, uh, I, I asked her what she's looking for, what, what would work for her, and I found the perfect car. We went out and we found it. I negotiated that car to where I actually bought it for $1,400. And uh, with that $1,400, uh, I, obviously, and I paid cash for that. I got the title, gave the title to uh, uh, his mom, and then we then traded the title to the mobile home uh, at the same time. But here's where the strategy works so well, is at the same time I was facilitating that, I already found my buyer to buy this home. So to me, there was really no risk at all. The buyer was ready to walk in to, into the doors and live in that home the same day that I bought it, as well as the same day as I traded the title to that car. And so there was really no risk at all in this transaction because um, I had already sold the property before I had traded the titles to the car and to the home. It worked out beautifully and I was like, this is awesome. And I did all of that within a two week period of time. It didn't take a lot of time. Like it literally was probably just a few hours of time, like total um, in, in complete. And then once the deal was, was done, I then became a bank. And this is where the strategy makes so much sense. If you go to any city in the entire world, I don't care what city you go to, the tallest buildings are always owned by two companies, either a bank or an insurance company. I don't care what, what city you go Very to, they true. are all owned by a bank. And so I realized if, why do they have the biggest buildings in any city? And the reason is, is because they collect interest. They collect interest on all of us, right? That's where this strategy has so much power is because when I sold that, that first manufactured home property to, his name was Richard, uh, he was the buyer, and he was a truck driver, and he's never owned a house in his entire life. And I gave him the opportunity. He couldn't qualify for a standard mortgage. In fact, he was just retiring from driving, and uh, he just wanted to have a place where he could call home that was his. He had always rented his entire life, and he's like 65, probably-ish. And he's never owned a place. In fact, he still lives there today, uh, which, which is amazing. And, uh, and he just loves his home. Um, but he has never received that opportunity. So I then became the bank to sell this property to Richard, and I collected interest every single month. And that's where the power of this strategy comes from. It's not just selling the home. Selling the home, we made money. But the real money is made in becoming the bank. And so all we did is we then found that that strategy works and there were a lot of people that needed that opportunity to get into their home that they own rather than renting all the time. And all we did is we just multiplied it. I, I knew that it worked and I knew I could continue to do it and we just went to work. We kept finding and finding and finding homes to where we could then buy them, put a little bit of money into them sell them to the retail market and then become the bank and start collecting interest on these. So, so every single night when we go to sleep, 
I'm making money. Every single day while I'm working, my money is working for me. That's the power of this strategy. Just amazing. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. And and for our listeners, Mike, you've been dropping juicy nuggets throughout this thing. The, just the story that you've told so far. So starting off, I want to I wanna pinpoint some of these and and make sure that I bring them to our listeners' attention because you, you started talking about you found an opportunity that not very many people were doing. You said you had to go find somebody to teach this to you because it wasn't readily available right in front of you. And so- Right. I, I'm gonna give you guys a little bit of, uh, of some back history. Uh, the market in the United States, you know, I don't know where you're listening to this from, but uh, everyone knows that the crash of 2008, 2009, right, happened to everyone, right? It, it affected everyone. And when that changed, I was dabbling in investing. I was, you know, trying to start a business with investing in real estate, but I was struggling. I didn't know how to change with the market. I didn't have any mentors. I didn't have anyone to show me and teach me what to do. I was really just trying to do this on my own and I completely failed. Um, I had, I had a, a family, a wife, I had two kids at the time and I had a mortgage. I had, you know, bills and debts were actually piling up and I just couldn't keep up. And uh, we actually got into some financial trouble, not because of the investing in real estate. It was because we actually have never lost a property in the history of doing our business. Uh, we've always done sound, sound investments. They've worked very, very well. I just wasn't making enough money to support our financial situation. And, um, and so I ended up going back to work. I, I ended up working for a company doing a W-2 job. And that's really where the need of this started was um, I needed to look for a strategy that I could afford that was low budget because I started literally not with zero money. I didn't have any money. I was negative money. Um, it's kind of a personal thing, but I'll share it with you. Uh, my wife and I, we were $120,000 in debt at that point in time. This was 2010, and we were literally destroyed. I, you know, One morning, I woke up to my wife, and I said, we are done. We're out of money. We cannot do any more. We don't have any more credit cards. We don't have any more HELOCs. We don't have anything to make our next mortgage payment. And I was broken as a person. And then I found this strategy where I could get started investing with literally – dollars out of my pocket. I had to work extra hard. I was doing handyman work and, you know, side jobs and that kind of thing to be able to scrape up a little bit of money. And I knew I couldn't buy a $300,000 house to invest in. So I said, what can I afford? And I looked at manufactured homes. They're cheap. And, and I knew that there was a way that I could make money doing it. So I sought out a mentor, somebody that's doing the business. And I worked with him on payments to be able to get the training. Once I learned the strategy, I would, all I did is I just went to work. That's all I focused on was that one strategy. And then, then and, and at the same time, I was working my W-2 job, right? Because I went back to work and worked for somebody else. They gave me stability again to, um, you know, to support my family, to do what we needed to, to live. And then as I was working my W-2 job, I was working my real estate business again. And that's what, that's really where it all started. So it took me about three years to gain enough properties that was bringing, that basically they were bringing in a, enough cash flow to where I could quit the W2 job. It was December of 2014. 
So really, I kind of count my real estate investing business now. It started over in 2015. So really, the, the past five and a half, six years is really where we've been building our business since then. So that I, I love that backstory because that I was going to ask you, you know, how did you decide on this? And it just kind of was out of necessity. And, you know, necessity is the, the mother of all invention, right? And so you just were creative and and back to your your first deal that you did. I mean, how creative was that? You how many people did you help in that transaction? Well, you you bought a car, so you helped the seller of the car. You helped the seller of the mobile home by giving him the car and you helped your business, you helped your family, and you helped Richard who bought the mobile home from you. Right. So right, it's just exactly. it's just helping people all along the way in a creative way like I that that's amazing to me now you mentioned that you swapped titles from a car to a mobile home how does that work yeah so yeah diving a little bit deeper into the actual strategy so this is a little known fact that people that don't know the manufactured home industry is a, many, a mobile home or a manufactured home, their title is not done through a title company. There's no county recorders that keeps track of who owns the property. It's actually, it's the DMV. You're literally your motor vehicle division in your city that uh, keeps all of the titles for manufactured homes. So when I buy a house, a manufactured home, and I wanna gain ownership or title to that property, it costs me $6 to change title over to my business. And here's the cool part about manufactured homes, at least here in Utah, I don't know how it is outside of Utah, I've only been investing in manufactured homes here in Utah, but um, there are there is no sales tax either in this business. So when you go buy a car, right, the standard thing is, is you're gonna pay anywhere from 500 to $3,000 in sales tax, because that's how the state you know, gets their money to be able to improve roads and whatever, right? But for a mobile home, there is zero sales tax. So when I go to the DMV and transfer title into my name, I literally give them $6 to transfer the title into my business name. So, I mean, it was perfect for me at the situation to be able to get started from the ground up, literally knowing, well, I had some background in real estate, but I didn't have the financial means to run a bigger business. So this to me was just a, the best launching point to really uh, you know, get my business going, create stability. And along the way, we collect crazy amounts of interest in, uh, in all the homes that we've done. So since then, uh, since about 2015, right, was when my business really, really has grown. Uh, we've done almost about 90 manufactured homes and the, but the last three years, I really haven't been pushing it. We've actually transitioned um, out of the manufactured home business in 2000, 2000, uh, 2018, 19, and 20. Uh, we've we've going we've gone back into single family homes. We're building a different business right now, but I continue to maintain our manufactured home business. In fact, we still flip some. I'm, I'm actually flipping one right now as we speak. And, uh, but I, my, my strategy has actually changed a little bit. I don't do the junkier old homes anymore. Uh, we only focus on, if we do a manufactured home deal, we do the nicer homes that are double wides, larger homes, because we make crazy money on these things. 
the 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 last manufactured home deal that we did that we became the bank on uh, we bought it for uh, $32,000 and it was a nice 2009 double wide manufactured home in fact it was so nice I didn't do anything to it I didn't even clean it when I sold it so the day that I bought it I already had a buyer that moved into the home literally the night like it. that weekend okay here's the cool part we bought it for $32,000 okay and but the best part is I didn't put down $32,000 I only gave the seller $16,000 down and I'm now making monthly payments to the seller for the balance of the purchase so which is about 16,000 bucks the cool part is is it's at 0% interest so I borrowed $16,000 from the seller at 0% interest Okay. Now, now that's some shrewd negotiating, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty simple in this business to be able to get 0% interest. All of them that we've ever done, I've never paid interest on a manufactured home purchase. And we've done it over and over, and it works really well. So, And then we sold it to a retail buyer for $65,000. Literally, I didn't do anything to the home. Not one thing. He literally walked in that, that same weekend that I bought it. And um, so sold it for $65,000. So the difference, right, we made a big profit on the sale, but where we're making our real money is the interest. We collect 13% interest on each of these borrowers, okay? And so over the life of this loan, this is a 20-year loan that this buyer is purchasing this home with, we're gonna make over $100,000 just on this transaction. That's with a $16,000 down payment to the buyer Think about my, my ROI or return on investment, $16,000 to make over, it's, it's well over $100,000 to be able to, uh, that, that we're gonna gain on this property over time. That's why the banks have the largest buildings in every city. You know, you look at your mortgage statement, you know, everyone that has bought a property and they've borrowed money from a mortgage lender, look at how much you're actually paying for your home. You're not paying what you bought it for, you're paying almost double what you bought it for. And yep. that's what it is. You're really paying for your home twice. And think about how many millions of homes have been purchased and how many millions <laughs> of homes have been financed through banks because people can't afford to pay cash for three, four, five hundred thousand dollar house. Like who has that kind of money? So all of us have to finance them in order to be able to live and to to you know have our home that we live in. So that's what that's the power of this business is the interest that is being collected. I'm making more money on the interest than I am on the sale of the property. Absolutely. So you mentioned something interesting in there. You said 13%. How did you come up with the 13% number? And why? Yeah, great question. So the manufactured home, if you really dive into the, this business, what I want you to do is I want you to find who actually lends money to retail buyers that want to buy a manufactured home, okay? There's really only three companies. There, I think I may have found a fourth one just recently, but there might be four companies in the entire country that will lend on a manufactured home, okay? And the average interest rate is from 10 to 18%, depending on your credit and your down payment. So that's where my, my interest rate came from, is it came from the industry standards of mobile home lending it's a risky business it's not easy to um you know the the demographic of the buyers 
that generally purchase a manufactured home. You know, you do have A plus borrowers, which some lenders focus on, but there's a large demographic that aren't A plus buyers. And so it's a riskier type of a sale. Therefore, with risk generally comes a higher interest rate. And that's the nature of the business. So we're actually on the lower end, right? We charge 13. We used to be at 10%, but then I realized, hey, we could probably bump it up a little bit. Here in Utah, I think our max that we can charge is 15% interest. And we're thinking about, you know, if we were to do this business again, I'd probably push it back, push it up higher to 15% because we can collect it. And we understand that, that it still is a need and a service for these, uh, these retail buyers that want to buy a house rather than rent. And the cool part is, is at the end of it, like our business goal is not to um, take advantage of the borrower. Our goal is to help them succeed in buying their home. And we have successfully done that, um, I would say easily, where we've actually handed the title of their home over to the borrower um, probably maybe a dozen times. So, but we still have a ton of other notes that we're collecting on. So, you know, we're, we're helping these borrowers um, successfully purchase their home. And that's our goal. Our goal isn't to, um, you know, help, try to, you know, hope that they default on these. We really want these people to buy their homes and to create stability for their family. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I, I like that, that you are providing a needed service, clean, safe, affordable housing for these people that may have a difficult time qualifying for any other type of loan, a home loan or something like that, but they can still have that sense of ownership, that sense of pride in that ownership and something that, that they can really keep for them and their families. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, and, and I've got pictures, I don't have all of them, but I've got pictures of myself um, standing, you know, uh, sometimes it would be a team member or myself standing with the borrower, right? The person that bought the home with their family, with their kids, and they're holding their title with them. And just the pride of ownership, right? They're like, oh, I'm done. I'm finally done paying off my house. I own my house free and clear. Like how many people can really say that in this country? Right? Not very many, unfortunately. Exactly, exactly. And so we're providing an opportunity for people to be able to do that. And I just, and I love, that fact that people can stick with it and they can do it. You know, the, the, uh, you know, a lot of the demographic of, of these people don't know how to stick with something for a long period of time, but once they do, they pay it off. They own the home free and clear. It's their house. This is it. This is their home. And they just love it. It, it creates such a, a sense of pride for them, but also it does for us as well. We, I, I definitely enjoy seeing that and helping people. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you, you say you're collecting this interest. Um, now you have a contract, right? A sales contract. Yeah. How, how, how does that look on a mobile or a manufactured home versus doing a similar strategy on say a residential property? Yeah. So, so if you think about the differences, it all, all has to go back to the title, right? Uh, how is the property titled? Uh, manufactured homes are titled at the DMV. Standard homes, uh, residential homes, are titled at you know the the recorder's office, and then also backed with an insurance policy. You don't have any of that kind of stuff with manufactured homes. So um, the reality is, is you're you're physically buying a manufactured home. 
using a bill of sale. Just the same as you would do the same with a car. When you sell a car to somebody, it's standard operating procedure is to get a bill of sale for both parties so that both of you have a written agreement saying this is these are the terms of the payments or these are the terms and and how we sold the 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 car the same thing for a manufactured home exact same thing so i literally use just a i've got a, a simple two-page contract i got this from um uh, the mentor that i i worked with when i first started i made a couple of modifications to it to make it simpler on our end and that's it i've been using the same agreement for years and uh, and it really is just a glorified bill of sale that says manufactured homes on the top. That's all it is. <laughs> and uh, uh, and you know it spells out the simple terms of purchasing it. So I have I have one contract when I buy a home. I have a different contract when I sell a home. And the contract when I sell a home, I actually uh, changed in the middle of the business um, in about 2016, I think. But I guess it was kind of all on the tail end. Um, I, I talked with some other people doing this same business across the country. I ended up starting to network. I started to learn that networking was a really important uh, thing in this business. And um, so I started to network with other people across the country that were doing the same business. And I was learning that the way that I was doing it had some, it was not the right way to do it. Um, we ended up switching the way that we sell our homes from doing a sales contract and a promissory note over to actually doing a lease option sale. So that's how we've actually switched over. We do a lease option sale now, and it has made our life so much easier, as well as um, we don't have any federal regulations or anything that we have to worry about through the Dodd-Frank, doing seller finance, all that kind of stuff, because we're technically leasing the property with an option to buy, which is very, very different than 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 the other strategy so we ended up switching over so all of the sales over the last i don't know three four or five years uh, well since about 2016 so about about um uh, what is that four four years now four years uh, all of them have been a lease option sale since then cool so that's that's an example of taking your strategy and finding a way to streamline it and simplify it as well as protect your interest in it a lot, a lot better due to regulations and, and other things to, to keep yourself out of hot water. Yeah, absolutely. Our, I, I uh, protect my sleep a lot. <laughs> I, sleep is very important to me. And if I'm doing something wrong and I'm not doing it the right way and I can't feel good about what I do, I don't think I'd sleep well. And I wouldn't be happy with myself if I didn't. So our business and our goal as a company, as well as my family, and I want to teach my kids the same thing is just do it the right way. Just do the right thing and, and treat people right and do business the right way. You'll, you'll never sleep a bad day in your life. So, <laughs> so for me, I don't worry because we're doing the right thing. We know that we're doing the business the right way. And, uh, and that's why that was the biggest reason why we made the switch. I didn't want to become a loan service provider, which uh, is crazy, the regulation that they have. So I'm glad I'm not in that business. Yeah. So as, as you're getting into this and you're, you're talking about terms, like when you're selling a property, what kind of terms are you giving the buyer? buyer? We've talked about the interest rate, but how long are you doing the loan for? What kind of a down payment are you expecting? Those kinds of things. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is great. This is, you know, we're diving in real deep on this. So 
Uh, for a single wide manufactured home, our average sale price, uh, when, when I was really pushing the business, we were selling between twenty to $30,000 was the average sale price that we were selling. And um, we would collect a, a minimum of a 10% down payment. Okay, so depending on the sales price, we'd collect 10% down from our borrower. Now, what that does, and that's a really, really important part of the business. You have to collect that down payment. If you do not collect the down payment, then you're going to put somebody in that home that will default and it's going to make your life trouble. Okay, I didn't want to become a collection business. We're not in the business to have to go out and repo homes and collect because people default all the time. That's not our business. I do not want, and I hate that, that kind of business. Our business is to make successful transactions to homeowners that really want to buy their home. So we really qualify our buyers like crazy. In fact, we qualify them just as much as if they were to get an FHA loan. We, hit, we run the same debt to income ratios, we pull credit, we get bank statements, we get W-2 statements, we get everything to know that this borrower is qualified to purchase the home from us. So we run a business just like you would any other, any, any other lending company or anything like that. Now, we're not a lending company, we're a real estate company that leases these properties with the option to buy it, but we have the same qualifications. So that's really how we ran the business and we put really qualified people into these properties, right? We literally, we say no, even though people might have money to put down, if they're not qualified and they make enough money to support their lives, right? Through, you know, standard lending principles, um, then we don't, we don't sell in the house. We find qualified buyers that can afford the home. So, um, so that's generally what that looks like as far as the terms go, um, for a single wide home, we're selling it between 20 and $30,000 we um, um, would get about 10% down and their monthly payments generally range between about 260 to about 350 on monthly payments. And we would uh, have a loan term between seven and about 12 years. That was about our average. Okay. Um, depending on how much down payment that they had and how large of a, of a monthly payment they can afford. Um, and then for a double wide home, uh, same principle, we collect a minimum of 10% uh, down. And so usually these homes range from about 45,000 to our highest sell was about 65, which is probably that one that we sold is about 65,000. Uh, the one we're actually working on one right now, we're gonna be selling this thing over $120,000 on this manufacturing home once we're done fixing it up. Um, in this park, in this community, this home, they sell for way more than everywhere else. So it's kind of crazy. But this, um, um, but those generally range uh, with payment sizes about 450 to about 680 uh, per month. And um, those loan terms are usually from about you know, 12 to 20 years. Uh, 20 years is okay. our longest loan term that we have. So, um, um, you know, or lease option terms. So basically they're leasing the home. I, I say loan terms just because we kind of underwrite it similar to a loan but it really technically is, is it's a lease term and then they have the option to buy it as long as they fulfill their lease term. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool to see that the difference in, in spread, it's not a 30 year kind of a, a house payoff that there's shorter terms that you're looking for and, and it's a, a reasonable price for somebody to be able to pay. Like that, that right there is affordable housing. Right, well so, the, the, the cool part is is when we sell a home, 
we ask them, what price point or what monthly payment do you feel like you can afford? And they're going to give us that number. They're going to say, you know, other rentals are going for like $1,500 a month in this area for a three bedroom, two bath. But we really feel like we can only afford about $1,200 a month. So then what we do is we then structure their payment so that it's around $1,200 a month. And we then adjust their, their term length. We adjust their, um, uh, their down payment. You know, all, all of those terms could be adjustable based upon what they can afford. And that's how we structure it. Our biggest goal is we don't want people to be stressed every single month on their monthly mortgage payment because the people that are stressed, not only are they going to de default more, but think about what it does to their family. Right. It, 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 when people are stressed financially, that's how I would say the majority of divorces happen. Right. Think about all the kids that that are impacted when divorces happen. That's the last thing we want to do is be a cause of that for people and their families. Right. We want to make sure that this is a safe place for them to be able to raise their families as well as afford a home that they can comfortably purchase and pay off in a short period of time. I really like that you're looking at the long-term impacts of what's happening in your business on your customers. So yeah, absolutely. Um, just really quick, just some last things. I I want to be respectful of your time, but uh, there's just some last few things. If we can go rapid fire, like uh, what are your what are some ways of finding your customers? Right? How do you find these people that are going to want to buy one of these mobile homes? Yeah, yeah, great, great question. Um, so it's actually, it's really simple. Uh, people don't realize how simple this business is. And this is one of the things that attracted me to this business the most is I find my homes through relationships mostly. Nowadays it's through relationships and we've been in the business. We're one of the largest here in Utah um, of manufactured home buyers. So people naturally now at this point kind of bring these opportunities to us and um, uh, but when I first started, it was difficult. So uh, for most people, if you're just starting this business to find these homes, we literally buy them off of like, you know, Craigslist is super popular. We've bought homes off of Craigslist. Here locally, we have a, 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 an online classifieds called KSL Classifieds. We've, we've purchased literally dozens and dozens of these homes through KSL Classifieds. Like, it's a beautiful place for it. Um, we've also purchased them on Facebook marketplace. That's been, that has now become the biggest marketplace, at least here in Utah for these, you know, these opportunities. So we literally find the opportunity through those. Uh, but also I, I find them now through networking is, is our biggest part. Um, in fact, the one that we're working on right now, we found it through networking, um, beautiful, beautiful, uh, way to find them. Um, and then to, but to, to sell them, right. To find the, the retail buyer that wants these types of homes, the same sources, literally just put it back onto your classifieds <laughs> and you find the buyers the same way. It's the exact same way. So literally we put them on Facebook marketplace. We put them on Craigslist. We put them on KSL here locally. And that's how we find our buyers. Now, when we were running the business as a business, you know, I had rehab crews, I had a bookkeeper, well, and we still have the same bookkeeper actually. Um, you know, I had a team of people to help me operate and we were doing dozens of homes every single year. And uh, it, and we, we borrowed money actually from banks at this point to be able to do a larger scale operation so we could do a lot of homes at the same time. And as we were building this, um, we, uh, um, 
Boy, I apologize. I, I just lost my train of thought again. <laughs> it's okay. So, I do it all the time. Yeah. Like so, our, our podcast episodes are full of my, my brain farts. <laughs> well, sorry, I got another distraction again, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so so a, as we were building this, we were growing a real company out of this. Now, we have transitioned out of this back into single family real estate. There's one caveat to manufactured home, the industry. Okay. Although the cash flow is great and the interest is great, right? That's a huge part of the business that I love and, and we still do it. In fact, my next step is to start getting into buying manufactured home parks. I understand the industry pretty well. Now I want to get into the parks where you can actually step it up like three or four, a level three or four times higher. Not just owning the homes themselves, but owning the ground underneath them. You can now do what basically a double dip, right? You can sell the home as well as collect a lot rent um, every time you you know take over a home or purchase a home in your community. So that's where we're going. Um, but I went back into residential retail uh, real estate because of appreciation. That's the only downside to this business is manufactured homes generally do not have a high appreciation rate. And the majority of our income that we've made over the last five years has been has been from residential real estate and we've made way more money in, in there than we have in the manufacturing home business. Now we've done very, very well in the manufacturing home business. Don't get me wrong, but we've made more money in the residential side because of appreciation. And so that's primarily the reason why we've gone and we've shifted our focus into the residential side. We're now creating a business um, of, you know, finding, you know, similar opportunities as we did in manufactured homes in the residential side. So to us, it was a perfect segue to get, right? We literally had no money. We were negative money when we started a handful of years ago. And, you know, now we're, you know, we've changed our trajectory in life absolutely because of it. So I, I, I owe a lot to that mentor that taught me and I owe a lot to, you know, this business. It's been great. That's pretty amazing. Now, as, as we get wrapping this up, um, let's look at, what are your top three lessons learned? Like what, what are things that people should watch out for doing this business? Um, top three lessons learned in this business specifically. Yeah. Okay. So number one is you have to have your core values in your business. That's the number one thing I would say in any business, doesn't matter whether you're in the manufacturing home business or any other real estate or you know retail business i don't care if you're selling widgets your core values are the most important thing in running your business you need to know who you are and how you want to do business so we decided what type of a business to start off if we were a cutthroat business in the manufactured home world and we were trying to sell junk to people and take advantage of people's money and their livelihood um I guarantee you we wouldn't be getting as many referrals as we do because we do this as an honest business and we really treat people with respect and we provide really good housing for them and we take care of people. We get referrals all the time of good business and good practices. And that all came from our core values. So I would say that would be number one is decide who you are and what kind of a business do you want to run? Okay, that's the, that's the number one thing that anyone should start with. Okay. Number two is um, what I learned quickly very at the very, very beginning of this in the manufactured home business itself is 
and this goes back to the investing principles like this is investing 101 right the lower amount of money you put in and the higher return that you get right that's how you make and leverage money so what i learned is with manufactured homes is i want to try and buy and rehab my all-in cost as low as possible and then i want to sell it as high as possible right and that's what we did so we found the opportunities we were literally buying manufactured homes for a dollar We've bought over three dozen homes. One dollar. For one dollar. Yep. That's so therefore our acquisition costs are so low. And then we then rehab the property. We put in, you know, an average single family or an average single wide home. We want to be all in between seven, eight thousand dollars. That's our purchase plus rehab within that price point. Now we have bought them and we we're into them about ten at the most. Mm-hmm. But that's really how we've maximized our capital. So in this industry, it's really cash intensive up front because you have to buy and hold these homes for a long period of time for people. That's a lot of cash going out of your pocket, especially if you're doing a lot of them. And, um, and then you're only collecting a small amount of money every single month, right? So you have a huge expense uh, in this business and a small profit return, especially the first few years. But then over time, you know, that kind of changes a little bit. You know, you're now now gaining a ton of money every single month. Um, so that was a, a big lesson I learned is I ran out of money literally every month in this business. So I, w- I was always trying to find more money, trying to find more money, trying to find more money. So, so that was a challenge um, up front um, was finding enough money to be able to do enough homes because there's so many homes out there and so many opportunities for sure in this business. Um, and then lesson number three, um, I would have to say would be um, um, having somebody on your team that can help you with the management side of it, okay? Because once you start buying and selling these homes, it becomes a tedious task to collect those notes. Although I love the checks, we used to collect them off of check coming in every single month. But now what we do is we have them done. All of our payments are now done through an electronic ACH transfer. And we have an online, uh, an online portal that every one of our note holders or our borrowers have. They make their payments through online and then just gets dumped right into our bank account. And it's, um, it's made it so much simpler. But having somebody else between you and the borrower is extremely important. Now, here's what I, the reason why is because I'm a really nice guy. Like I'm a, I'm a really nice guy. Mike I is love a nice guy. People. I can vouch for that. <laughs> I love helping people and I love seeing people succeed. But here's the problem. And this has to go same thing with your tenants if you own, own residential real estate and you're, and you're leasing properties is if you give the tenants or if you give your borrowers an inch, they're going to take a mile, right? They're going to take advantage of your kind nature and and hurt your family so what i've done is i've learned is that you have to have a third party in between you and the borrowers okay same thing with your tenants you that's why people have property managers right once you set up your business rules and guidelines on collecting that money okay that manager is basically the enforcer of it right now if i was the enforcer of it when i first started i was the the person that collected that money 
And I'd get so-and-so that would call me up and say, hey, I'm late this month and this happened to me and this was the challenge. And then me, because I'm a nice guy, I'm like, oh, okay, I understand. You know, just pay when you can and right? 15 days, days go by, they still haven't paid. 28 days go by and they still haven't paid. And then guess what? They had their next month's payment to be made. Now they've got two payments to be made, right? Plus late fees and whatever. How on earth are people in a you know, lower income bracket generally going to make up those types of payments? It's, it's difficult. It's really, really difficult. So when you set um, uh, boundaries and, and business guidelines on you know, how to collect the money, but you have a third party in front of you, they're the rules, right? The, uh, I can't bend my rules. I've given my, my, uh, my manager uh, the rules and said, hey, this is, these are our guidelines. We need to f have the, um, um, the borrowers follow these guidelines and she doesn't bend. You know, she uses me as the scapegoat and says, hey, I'm sorry, you know, these are the, our business guidelines. We can't you know, make any changes on this. Uh, we're going to have to require a payment. Here's our late fees. This is where we're going to be. But, you know, let us know how we can help you out. Now, we are very, um, you know, if somebody has a real problem or real situation, we are very generous and we, we do help out. We, we've got a couple of people right now because of this COVID thing that are behind. We're helping them out, right? We're not charging late fees. We're not taking advantage of them. You know, we're, we're really trying to help them through this difficult time. Um, but overall, because we've set a standard of management, as well as I have that third party manager in front of me, I tell you what guys, life is so simple now. <laughs> it's crazy. Makes a huge difference. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. So I, I hope you guys understand all of the wisdom that Mike has been dropping on you the last, what have we been, been going for about 45 minutes or so. So there's just a ton of awesome wisdom nuggets that he's dropped throughout this episode. Go back and listen to it again. And if you would like to connect with Mike, we're going to have you do that through Facebook. So it's Mike Kessler on Facebook. In the show notes of this episode, we're going to actually put a link so you can connect with him on there. And we were so excited about this episode that I forgot to announce that you guys can head over to championhustle.com and get your free seven-day quick start boot camp to get going and leveling up your business so head over there to championhustle.com and join us next week because we're actually going to be breaking down a, a real deal of a live flip that's happening right now so come on back and join us next week for that and we will see you guys later and have a great week everybody thank you for joining us on this episode of the champion hustle podcast for more great content and to join our online community visit us at championhustle.com.